not mean division and community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division and community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. John Wagler. Wags, what's going on? Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week. You're so stoked. I do enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, Here's why. Well, I am disappointed we're having turkey this year. What? Well, so we moved two years ago to having brisket instead of turkey. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. And here's the thing. We waited like a week or two long to order the brisket. (laughs) And so we got screwed and we're back to freaking turkey this year. Why don't you like explain to me your hatred of turkey? Uh, it's not that I hate it. It's just like, it's dry. It is a little dry. And it's not brisket. I I love brisket. I have a, I do, I love brisket. Um, I have a deep, well, so like as an Enneagram 4, nostalgia is a big thing for me. Sure. So it would be hard for me to like retool uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> in that way. Um, but I have a love for next day turkey sandwiches. Mm. Like truly way more than the day of turkey. Sure. Is the next day you get you toast, a little mayo, yeah, dry turkey, but they just put a ton of salt and pepper on it and mm. eat it as a sandwich. It is the most like it's one of those sandwiches that you take a bite of and you're just like, mm. it's very satisfying. Yeah, I can respect that. I I I just love the move that we made a couple of years ago to brisket some different <laughs> kinds of sides. Revolutionary. Yeah, and we just really enjoyed it, and so we're back to normal Thanksgiving this food wise this year, which. I, I'm just not stoked on. I mean, I love my mom's pies, and the sides are good. I just think ultimately it's better with brisket. I get it. I get it. Um, so yes, we are recording this on Thanksgiving week, and you are hearing it if you're listening to it upon release the day before Thanksgiving. So hopefully everyone um, is in a mindset to deal with their family and also <laughs> be thankful for the good and the bad and <laughs> all things. Um, so this week, we are going to um, sort of flip the coin. We've been talking about heck and Satan, and now we're yes. going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, so yeah, this we've been at our church, uh, Hill City, our community. Um, we have just finished a series of um, messages on the Spirit, um, kind of what, what it is, how we re- interact with it, what the Bible says about it. And obviously, you know, in what, a 20 or 30 minute um, message each Sunday, Mm -hmm. we're not going to get to all the things. It is an infinitely complicated (laughs) metaphysical concept. (laughs) Infinitely Um, is a great word for that. Yeah, it is a very, you can spend your whole life uh, studying the Holy Spirit and, you know, basically scratch the surface. Yeah. Um, But we did want to kind of take some time on this episode to, you know, just chat about some things that like just aren't going to be. appropriate for or fit into the time span of the messages on Sunday. Mostly it's going to be me asking John questions because (laughs) I grew up uh, in a sort of stodgy Methodist, not stodgy, but like definitely no rolling in the aisles, no speaking in tongues. Um, So I'm fascinated by your experience, John, Mm -hmm. with that stuff. But then also um, hopefully we can sort of bounce around some wisdom about what the Bible says and and what the deal is. Um, I'll probably just call this episode Speaking in Tongues because it'll make people want to listen to it more (laughs) than if I say the Holy Spirit. Um, But before we do that, we are going to uh, get into our new segment for 2021 where we talk about what is in our social media feed called... All right, John. It's been mm. kind of a slow. Either you and I are numb to the feed, yes, which is the hope. Always <laughs> the hope is that hope. we're detaching, <laughs> or uh, it was like a kind of a, a slow week. There was definitely some tragedy, uh, you know, in yeah. the news. Um, but what's been going on in your feed? So one thing is, um, I love those reels where they're doing the Missy Elliott song that's trending. I haven't seen that. Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but yeah. they just. It's just like a quick clip of people doing dances. Okay. And um, I'm a sucker, truly a sucker for like hip hop dance crews. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, man. Hip hop dance is I love them. Yeah, like, it's hypnotizing. Yes. And so I'll watch those videos a little bit longer than I probably should because I just think they're fascinating. But. Yeah. Do you remember when, uh, I guess it was a little John thing, so it probably was 10 or 15 years ago, when like Crunkin was a thing? <laughs> yeah. 
That was the most mesmerizing because it kind of looked like moshing it a little bit, like moshing, but like yeah. organized and rhythmic. Yeah. Uh, I would like, I could not scroll past that, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, whenever people were crunking, I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> I couldn't turn away. Yeah. That, no. So I love that. The other thing that I told you yesterday that I'm, I've just been really interested in is um, what's happening with some of these star athletes uh, like yeah. with the conversation with China and their inability to stand up against China because they have so much money coming at them. You got to watch where the bag's coming uh, from. I know. I know. Anyway, I'm just fascinated by that storyline to give see me, how it develops. Give me a little bit more. So you were saying, because uh, I, I was fascinated when you started talking about yeah. it. So we don't have to make a whole episode of it, but it was it has to do with Le- LeBron. With LeBron. I mean, in particular, LeBron. Though there's others. Okay. Um, so there's a guy by name of Enos Cantor, who's a center for the Boston Celtics. And um, he's a very outspoken person against China, Turkey, like any, like yeah. really any injustice happening right. in the world. He's super smart and he's been, it's been interesting because he's been standing up being like, okay, if you're going to be a social justice warrior mm-hmm. and claim all this moral high ground, mm-hmm. then why are you ignoring one of the biggest atrocities in our entire world and mm-hmm. what's happening with China and you keep your mouth shut the whole time? Mm-hmm. And so he's calling people out and Dang. he's putting them to task and being like, okay, then stand up for the right things and a lot of these athletes won't because they get so much money from China. It's so funny what a wrench in the system it is when there's someone who's just like above reproach. It's like a very John the Baptist thing. John the Baptist is like, oh, yeah, well, I live in the forest and eat bugs and like yeah. literally am above reproach. So let me tell you what's what. Like He's literally he wrote something on his shoe. You know, yeah. guys write stuff on their sneakers all the time. But like they were playing LeBron and he wrote stuff on his shoes. Against I mean, like, so it's it's yes. So Ooh, that's like some yeah. UFC pro wrestling <laughs> level beef going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, well, you know, we'd kind of be remiss not to mention that the Kyle Rittenhouse um, yeah, of course. Uh, verdict came back uh, as not guilty. Um, and that's been, you know, another sort of um, social and racial and political shockwave mm-hmm. um, through the country and all over the feed. I it's funny. Um, I mean, look how many words have been spilled like there's, yeah. you don't need a hot take from us um, on sort of the tragedy of that whole thing. Um, but it's interesting. I noticed two things um, reading through all of the stuff um, or rather trying not to get completely yeah. sucked into all of it. Um, uh, obviously I think personally, I think it sucks. I think it's indicative of a totally broken system. And uh, I just don't think that, People should be walking around with machine guns for any or, you know, like, sorry, I know it's not a machine gun. Yeah. Assault rifles sure. are clearly yeah, not yeah, meant yeah. for anything but killing people. But like on I, I noticed two things. The first thing was like for me personally, the weird pressure that I felt to post something about it <laughs> where it's just like I'm a, I noticed that I was afraid that if I didn't post something about it, people would think that I was like cool with it. Right. And then it made me realize, like, that's the real toxin of social media. It's mm-hmm. like, if you know me at all, there's no room in your head that I am sitting at home being like, yeah, but like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. you know, or, or like, listen, it's not a bit, you know, like, you know, that this is a thing that would, it, me personally, Matt Fisher would like, yeah. you know, frustrate and, and agitate and, and, you know, make very sad, make me very sad and, and all those things, all the negative emotions, right? But like somehow social media has programmed me to believe that if I don't post something about it, people will will like sort of equate my silence with consent for yeah. this verdict. It is crazy, though. I mean, because like, like, so I feel the same thing, too, a lot of times or or sometimes like I agree, th- agree with what someone says on a certain topic and you feel the pressure to be like. Not that I always agree with this person, but yeah. they're right here. Instead of just being able to be like, you know, this is a very valid point. Yeah, here's a valid point. <laughs> yeah. And that's not that that doesn't mean that I'm like, I guess, platforming is the term we use. Yeah. I'm not platforming this person. I just think this is a good thought. The second thing is I told you yesterday, Kenosha was like part of my sales territory mm-hmm. when I was at Honer. I mean, from the minute this happened to the minute that the verdict came back, I was like, yeah, it's Kenosha. Right. Like that, if you've ever been there, like, Sorry if you feel like I'm throwing shade at Kenosha, but like that's the culture there. Like the only thing that's really changed is that it's on the national platform. But like it's the most Kenosha thing (laughs) based on my experience of being there for many, many weeks uh, and and talking to people and having clients there and stuff is just like, you know, this this is not this is one of the thoughts I had was like. Yes, this is America. It's happening in America and it's a thing we need to talk about. But also like this is very much like 
that re- like that town like yeah this is what it is you know and i think we got to come to grips with that stuff too of of just some like simple realities that you know we were having this conversation yesterday just that you know what <laughs> sure by the letter of the law he should have gotten off mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean anything of that was like moral or that he wasn't yeah. inciting or that he wasn't wrong or that he's not a racist or that he doesn't cause more evil in the future you know yeah. And it's like this weird thing that we've got to accept that there's some severe brokenness in our system mm-hmm. of what it allows people to do and some narratives that people can play out that aren't necessarily like fully true, you know? Yeah. And so even when the discussion was like, well, only white people would get off here. And it's like, I saw someone post like 50 examples this last year of, of non-white people getting off on the same thing mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> different cases, but like yeah. still, and I'm like, I get the conversation and there's truth to some of that conversation, but it's like some of the stuff is so dang complicated. And, yeah. but then at the same time, some of it's like, but we do also do have to accept like the just general evils of what, <laughs> what we see. Yeah, it so. is. It is brutal, but yeah. that's that fully been in my feed for sure. Yeah. Um, the, literally the only other thing in my feed has been that the algorithm is convinced that I want more Taylor Swift content <laughs> just because I like Taylor Swift, I guess, or like yeah. admit to liking her music. I suddenly apparently just want to like watch her reels and follow all of her accounts. <laughs> Stop algorithm. I'm good. I just I've reached my ceiling for Taylor Swift content. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a short break and then we are going to get into talking about talking in tongues, being <laughs> slain in the spirit. Um, a little Benny Hen action. A little Benny Hen action. And uh, yeah, John's going to hit me with his blazer and I'm going to be healed <laughs> of all my physical ailments. Um, so stick around. All right. So, uh, yeah, here we are. John, you're going to explain to me the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You're going to explain to me all of charismatic culture in the next 15 minutes. (laughs) And I'm going to learn. I'm going to leave here a more learned man. Yeah. Um, So we just finished this uh, this sermon series on the spirit. Mm -hmm. I guess before we get into like specific questions, is there anything that you just didn't get to cover or that we Mm -hmm. didn't get to talk about um, that you really you know want to make sure that people know or like is there any sort of like important footnotes or anything that you want to try to cover yeah you know i I feel like we were able to cover a lot over those five weeks and we really didn't get into some of the stuff that people normally talk about like like we will today a little bit but um i will say like one of the things that people have asked me before too was kind of the good angel bad angel oh yeah you know and like how do you know the difference in the voices and because they can sound similar, and if they operate kind of similar, like the spirit is like, mm. you know, like a feeling, you know, in some kind of way. Um, but so is like the feeling of evil, you yeah. know, and so they can operate in the same kind of spiritual realm, so to speak. And so, how do you begin to de- decipher like the difference between kind of the classic good angel, bad angel thing? And mm. and you know, what, you know, it's interesting. Like if you think about whenever we've seen that on cartoons yeah. or you know movies or whatever, they're the same person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they just like in different outfits. Yeah. And, yeah. But they, so it's like interesting cause you, it just shows that people feel it. Yeah. Like they feel like this kind of that spiritual realm that that's ended up happening. And so, um, I wrote down like four quick things with that, that I think that could be helpful for, for people. Like the first one is like, does it lead to the teachings of Jesus and doesn't bring you closer to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like that's the first thing when we're engaging anything that we feel like this back and forth on. The second thing is, is it wise? Mm. Um, the third thing is seek out like counsel with people. And then the fourth thing is um, sometimes you just have to make a decision. Yeah. You know, because I can kind of get caught in that little like, what do I do? What do I do? And sometimes I think God's just like, just do whatever. <laughs> make, like, make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> but so like that can be difficult because sometimes people are like, I don't know, like I'm feeling this tension. I'm not sure which way to go, whatever. And I think there's some kind of key things we can ask ourselves in the midst of it that quote unquote, lead us to the good angel. Yeah. um, Yeah. That fourth thing is something that I drive home with people a lot in counseling. It's like, look, you know, you're so obsessed with making the right decision or the wrong decision. Like leave room for the fact that there's just the decision you make Mm -hmm. and whether or not you invite God along for the ride. Yeah. You know, whether or not you invite the Holy Spirit to like be there for whatever, you know, left or right path that you choose, like. Maybe there isn't a right or wrong decision in this. I mean, some a lot of the times there is. Sure. But maybe like with this particular thing you're struggling over, God's just, you know, you're like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And God's just like, do whatever, but just like invite me along yeah. so that I can help either bless it or redeem it as as you walk that particular path. What do you think? 
like in your conversations, just interesting to see if it like matches up with mine. Yeah. Like in our counseling, mm-hmm. you know, sessions, like what does that typically revolve around with people? Like, like things that they struggle with the yeah. most. Like, what do you, what do you think that it is? Your- I think it has a lot to do with like external factors. Um, so, you know, what job am I going to take? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do after college? Is this the right guy or girl? Um, uh, even, even to like probably more dramatic, like, should we get divorced or should we, should I let this thing go or should I act on it? Um, a lot of it has to do with boundaries Mm -hmm. and, um, that's when I kind of tell people like you, you're so wrapped up in the moral implications of what you're trying to figure out that you aren't allowing for the fact that maybe, you know, the, the, it's just kind of like that. It's not, I think in people's heads, they always like the good angel, bad angel. Yeah. They always, they reach a fork in the road and in their head, they're trying to determine which path is like overgrown with like thicket. And there's like, you know, glowing animal eyes, like peering out of them, like a scary cartoon. Yeah. And like, which one is like sunny and has the sun shining and the trees are all singing. And it's like, it's just two paths. Like imagine you're in right. the desert. They're, ide- they're almost identical paths in a lot of ways. You just pick one and then say, Jesus, come along with me. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of it has to do with relationships, profession, um, relationships, profession, and every once in a while, this is kind of weird, but like every once in a while, legal matters. Like, should <laughs> right, I yeah. X or Y? Should I pursue this thing or not? Yeah. Um, but it, de- it it rarely has anything. It rarely has to do with like decisions, deep existential decisions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, that's similar for me. And um, but it's all it's. I remember Lisa and I were talking about this like this was a long time ago, but I was like, it's just funny. No one ever struggles with greed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no never. one ever has. Should like I be a... greedy or not? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's just like a funny thing that, you know, oh, should I go out with this person should I, or should I marry this person, yeah. you know, or whatever, the profession thing. Yeah. You know, it's like funny. I'm like, man, people just don't actually seem to have any kind of tension around their money. Yeah. You know, it's you know like a... one of the things that I'm going to start doing, I think that I'm going to do is I don't know. I know that it exists in Deuteronomy or Leviticus. I don't know the words exactly. I'm going to memorize one of those really harsh verses about fortune telling, <laughs> like dash a fortune teller <laughs> against a rock or whatever. And whenever people like basically try to treat the Holy Spirit like, yes, like the tarot cards yeah. or like they're trying to um like like a genie in a, t- bottle, like a genie yeah. in a bottle i'm just gonna be like you know you know what god says about fortune <laughs> just be like you're just trying to tell your own fortune yeah like, it's fine take the job or don't take the job just try to seek the kingdom first yeah and it, it, it's it, you know whatever you're gonna if you take the job um you're gonna there's things you're gonna regret and there's things that are gonna be hard and if you don't take the job there's things you're gonna regret and things that are gonna be hard yeah it's just as to whether or not you're allowing the spirit into your life to help redeem those things. Well, it's true. And then a lot of times people are just trying to avoid pain. A hundred percent. You know, they're like, just totally like, I don't want to experience anything bad. So I want to just go on exactly yeah. the path God has for me. And I'm like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that. So that's a, just a quick highway to mental <laughs> illness is like just trying to avoid suffering your whole yeah. life. Um, so, okay. So that's great. Yeah. And I think I love your, your, um, sort of bringing up of the the old trope of the devil on one shoulder and the angel on yeah. the other. Um, I always like the bit from The Simpsons where when Homer does that, there's just a devil on both. <laughs> he doesn't have an angel or like the devil comes and like punches the angel. Sure. Um, so let's get into the more sort of like, I don't know, nitty gritty of when we hear about things like the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, in our sort of Western um, religious sort of milieu. So getting away from like specifics of like, well, here's what the Bible says or like here's more practical advice yeah. into like when I hear the Holy Spirit, <laughs> um, I think of speaking in tongues and rolling around on the floor and like all of that stuff. Where I, I know some of that is based in the charisms that Paul lists out, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Kind of walk us through sort of like what is the – that stuff didn't come out of nowhere. It's based in the Bible somewhere. Totally. Walk us through some of that and then let's kind of talk about, you know, where it's good and where it's bad. Yeah. So scripturally speaking, you know, when it talks about, you know, prophecies and stuff like that, that actually starts in the Old Testament. In particular, like in Joel, it actually starts when mm-hmm. – um, it talks about like my sons and daughters will prophesy my name. Um, Isaiah has stuff like that too about this idea of uh, kind of as the spirit of God begins to move, mm-hmm. it moves in people in a very significant and different way that it's like it is words from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, and those are significant things that happen. It's something that's supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so the supernatural element of what we see throughout scripture, uh, there is this 
um, I mean, historically, you know, even in Egyptian culture and uh, Babylonian culture and everything that predates the Bible, there's always been this spiritual realm of things that people have always been trying to deal with. But then when we see the Spirit of God moving throughout Scripture, there's something that's supernatural that happens all the time. So, for instance, um, the first person in Scripture that is filled with the Holy Spirit is Joseph. Mm-hmm. And um, it talks about him being able to interpret dreams. Mm, okay. And um, and then the second person is Exodus uh, 31. I'm drawing, it's like Belzazel or something like that yeah. is his name. Um, but he has th- this skill set that he was going to help build the tabernacle, mm-hmm. and which is the housing you know, of God's presence. Um, but it said that when he was filled with the spirit, he, only, he got wisdom, discernment, and then that God did something with his skills mm-hmm. supernaturally. So it's like he could build before, but then when the spirit came, there was something supernatural about the way he built Mm -hmm. after that. So one of the ways to imagine that is like if you're, say you're able to build in a certain way, but with this wisdom and discernment and special skills of supernatural, what ends up happening is you'll be able to build something that people are like, what is going on there? Like, that's Mm -hmm. incredible. So there's, there's, it's an interesting thing that when the spirit begins to move in that way, there's always a supernatural element. I want to say always, but there's a supernatural element to it that goes beyond what we could fathom that we could do. So uh, where it really kicks into gear uh, is, I would say, twofold. One, when Jesus resurrects from the dead, hmm. you know, it talks about that it's the spirit of God that, yeah. you know, breathed life. Um, or I should say, you know, even when Jesus when Mary gets pregnant, it says that the spirit of God impregnated Mary, uh-huh. you know, so like, Oh yeah. 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 You know, so like there's, there's a, I would say that's significant. Yeah. And, and, um, and so we see these supernatural things happening, but where it really started to like take off in scripture is an Acts, where mm-hmm. we see in Acts chapter two, um, Acts chapter 10, Acts 19, are th- I think the three most significant ones where it talks about the speaking in tongues, but mm-hmm. they're, but they were speaking in like actual languages. Yeah. So, um, so like it would be like if you know, hey, we I can't fluently speak Spanish, but man, the spirit of God moved on me, mm-hmm. and I had all these Spanish speaking people were in front of me, and I began to just yeah. speak fluently in Spanish. They all understood it, and it was the message of God, and they all came to believe in Jesus. Yeah, right? they could verify that you were speaking. Yeah, and so what ended up happening is that day in Acts chapter 2 was that they started speaking all these different languages, like mm-hmm. representing all people all over the world, and they had no idea what the languages were, but they just started speaking them. Okay, so uh, I don't want to cut off your thought, no. but I want to linger on that for a second. Yeah. Um, do you think that – so as somebody who um, – I assume that you have witnessed people – Speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because growing up in a more sort of charismatic. um, Do you believe that in a world where we're pretty sure every human language has been mapped, that if somebody speaks in tongues and it cannot be verified as a language, that it still is real? So, I I mean, I believe it's possible. Okay. Um, Here's why. I just, when it comes to the Spirit of God, I... For me, I always leave a little compartment mm. of the supernatural that can go beyond what I can possibly fathom. Okay. So, um, so even for me personally, like I've spoken in tongues mm-hmm. like in my own prayer life. Okay. So that would be out of Romans chapter eight for an example, where it talks about kind of there's this utterance of like kind of like a prayer language mm-hmm. um, that is. Is that where Paul talks about the deep groaning of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, it's in that same it's area. Kind of like pre pre lang pre linguistic. And so it, there's like this. Um, and I and honestly, like in my own prayer life, it is a fulfilling thing for me and connection to God with my own prayer life. Mm. And um, do I know what I'm saying? N- no is the answer. Mm. Um, but is but the connection I'm having with God in that moment is very tangible and real. Okay. So and, so and it's not for anyone yourself. else. Okay. Like that is like strictly for me. Interesting. Like and so. Um, and Paul talks about that as like a gift, yeah. you know? And so, um, but yeah, I've been around like the speak public speaking in tongues where there's, you know, it talks about this in first Corinthians 14, where there's a speaking in tongues and then there's interpretation that, you know, is supposed mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. And, but it's always supposed to edify the believer and it's supposed to be a sign to the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it shouldn't be confusing and it shouldn't, it sort of always be for the common good. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what we see a lot of times in scripture um, is 
Paul's actually, or I should say, not a lot of times in in Scripture, we see in First Corinthians fourteen that Paul's like, "Hey, this should be orderly. This should not confuse a non-believer. Mm-hmm. If it's going to confuse someone, then it shouldn't be done. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no interpretation, this shouldn't happen at all because it's supposed to benefit other people. Mm-hmm. If you're, like someone publicly shouldn't speak in tongues with no interpretation because it doesn't do anyone any good. It doesn't." Like you might as well just speak in English, like mm-hmm. it doesn't, or whatever the native language is, because right. it doesn't really matter, um, and it's confusing to people. Mm-hmm. And so Paul actually does put very specific parameters about the gift mm-hmm. that people have. Um, I think for me, what I've kind of grew up with is like it was like severely abused. Mm. I mean, severely abused. And, and what does abuse look like? Um, you can force things to happen. You can uh, every service. For instance, like we knew exactly when speaking uh-huh. in tongues was going to happen. My cousin and I would have dollar bets on who was going to interpret. Wow. Um, you know, for me growing up, the uh, um, head pastor's wife was adamant that me and my cousin would speak in tongues because mm-hmm. like they would determine you don't have to really have the Holy Spirit until you spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they would keep pulling us down to the art- altar mm-hmm. and like they would just say, just start talking and just like it'll naturally happen. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. It never did for me in like in that way. And um Were you ever tempted to just be like I did that to like get him off. We both we both faked it. Yeah. Just I think we were thirteen or fourteen and we both faked it and we're like, Oh, we're out. And we never got asked again. Yeah. And we just lied about it the whole time. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) So that's fascinating. It's like really its own kind of spiritual trauma, I feel like. It is no, it is because it like puts people in this like weird category of of this aggressive kind of abuse towards it that you're trying to manufacture the spirit of God and and you saw the chaos that came out of it honestly right. and the unhealthy na- nature of the church community around it mm-hmm. and um and then you saw people feeling this pressure that's not the way that we see it in scripture yeah and so um you know for instance like even Lacey who she got pressured by people around it but she never has and anyway she's just it's just not a gift yeah. that a spiritual gift that's happened to her, yeah. and um, but she's full as full of the the Holy Spirit as anyone I've ever met, and so um, so anyway, I, that that supernatural gift is there. It is could it happen in this like odd language that no one knows, and there's this interpretation, and it does something. I do think that could happen. Um, some people don't. Some people believe like it's called cessationist. They, mm-hmm. they believe that all those gifts, those spiritual gifts, are are, are not operable anymore. Okay. It was for a specific time. Like they don't believe in healings. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. You know, or prophecy in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally believe that the spirit can still work in those ways. Mm-hmm. I do think though that there's order to it, and I do think there's a specific purpose, and that there's places like, for instance, in our services is not the place for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, because the way we design our services and the way that um, we think about it, um, maybe in like a prayer time, there might be something like in the prayer room in the back or in mm-hmm. something like there could be something there. Um, if someone ever came up and was like, I have a word from God, you know, mm-hmm. and I would say to them, all right, well, let's meet on Monday mm-hmm. and we'll talk this through and yeah. see if it actually is. Yeah. And, um, and they might say, well, no, this is for the time. I'm like, well, if it's a word from God, it'll be just as a word from God this week as it will be right now. You know, so you need you need to be able to decipher some of these things to keep away because I'm telling you, it gets weird and weird fast. And um, there's an attraction to it, a manipulation to it that actually is like really crushing. Hmm. So for you and your so for you and your personal prayer life. And you say that this is something that happens. Um, you not know, all the time. Not all the time, but has yeah, or, or has. you know has been a, an important part of your prayer life. What um, it are the sort of like rules that Paul lays out about like interpretation and for the good of the community and stuff like that? Is there different scripture for personal speaking in tongue or for like that private? is from the Romans eight piece that okay. kind of talks about that. Okay, and um, and so yeah, I mean, there's just that. Yeah, again, it's not. I don't even consider it normative mm-hmm. and um, it has sporadically happened in my life. Mm. And, um, and so it's not normative. It's not like some weird trance. It's not uncontrollable. It's not like I could shut it off if I, yeah. if I wanted to, I'm very aware of what's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm also very aware that like, this is just me and God and I'm not, I like, I would never do it with people around. I never like, so uh, yeah. there's, 
um, it's just like a little different connection to God mm-hmm. in that manner. Doesn't make it any better, worse, whatever. It just yeah. it's just something for me that was it kind of like um, when it did happen or does happen. Do you feel like there's an aspect of it that's like your prayer time has reached the limit of language? You know, I don't know why. Because, like, so for, so I'll tell you, the first time it happened was actually on a rock mm-hmm. in Belle Isle. Okay. Um, I spent about three weeks going down there every single day, mm-hmm. sitting on a rock and praying, because I was really trying to figure out the Spirit of God. I had, you know, I grew up in a super charismatic church, swung aggressively the other way, this is all crap. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a cessationist, because I still believe in miracles, yeah. but I was pretty darn close. Yeah. And um, But then that didn't feel right as it kept reading scripture Mm -hmm. and then when you hear missionaries tell stories like i've heard some unbelievable stories from missionaries of like people with limbs that you know one leg shorter than the other and the limb grows Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um people that have spoken the native tongue in this tribe and they've spoken the native tongue Mm -hmm. you know um heard again there's so many crazy stories i'm like i can't set those things apart like that's so that was part of like, I want to just like settle in some place. And so I just kept praying and praying and praying. And, and then just one day it just hmm. happened. And, um, and I don't know how many times it's happened in my life. Again, it's not a ton. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I will say this, like in the spirit series, it did happen once while I was setting up the chairs. Cause I pray over the chairs mm-hmm. and it was just me in the auditorium at that point in time. And, um, it just, it just started happening. I didn't feel out of words. It just felt that was like the right thing to do. Hmm. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't, yeah, it was like cool. a part of came like really explain it. That was real. Honestly. You and I have never talked about that. Yeah. That was, I, I didn't know that that happened to you. So, That's really cool. I think like one of the, um, probably one of the first times I ever really gave any credence to this concept of speaking in tongues was talking to a good friend of mine about it. Um, who grew up very charismatic, who was involved in like um, International House of Prayer Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff. And he definitely now is like very sour to all that stuff. But um, even in his sort of like saltiness, he did explain to me one time he was like, he explained it as a as a sort of like wiping of the lens or like a clearing of the conscious. Like I would speak and he would like pray in tongues privately, like you're saying. He would pray in tongues privately almost as a means of like – of ridding himself of like his thoughts, which yeah. like we teach in contemplative prayer. So it would yeah. just kind of be a different path to, um, to stillness. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he explained it as like, as, as, um, leading to stillness, uh, so that he could sort of commune more deeply, you know, with the presence. And I would, I would echo that. Like that is like what I typically feel, mm. um, in the midst of it. And, some people may be able to get there easier in different ways, you yeah. know, or whatever. And, um, but we arrive in the same spot, you yeah. know? Um, and again, like it doesn't make that prayer time more special mm-hmm. than someone who just prayed, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, understood every word they said. It just, the, cause like what's interesting for me is like, I'm a very practical person mm-hmm. and I'm not into like the yeah. super emotional stuff. I'm not, I'm actually like pretty appalled by the, charismatic stuff like mm-hmm. because i've seen it manipulated so much and abused and so even like when places like bethel mm-hmm. you know and some of the stories that come out of there like i'm so i, I just i don't know yeah. I, i'm pretty anti that stuff so that's why for me i'm like i just want to leave some room for the spirit to work mm-hmm. and this is just one way it has for me mm-hmm. you know and um yeah, yeah that's know. interesting. That's interesting. I, it's funny. I'm uh, so I'm reading uh, very slowly. Reading this book called "Open Mind, Open Heart" by uh, Father Thomas Keating, and it's basically like, it's sort of the accepted like instruction booklet on um, contemplative, like Catholic contem- yeah. contemplative prayer. But one of the things, like at the top of the book, I think it's the first chapter, like first couple of pages, he basically go goes over all the char- charisms, um, mm-hmm. like the charismatic stuff, and um, acknowledges that it's all true. And then, uh, but he refers to them as like consolations. So he would put healing, you know, all of them. So like healing, administration, tongues, um, and then, you know, uh, hardcore Catholics have other 
like, you know, they uh, like levitation, bilocation. Like there's all <laughs> sure. sorts of superpowers you can get. Um, but like he basically says like these are all real, um, but they're like a path toward what you're going toward, which is like stillness and like commun- com- like community with the Holy Spirit or, yeah. or communion with the Holy Spirit. And it's so funny because it's like, especially when you put it in the same league as like something really wild, like being able to float or like being able to heal somebody, you know, like these crazy sort of yeah. Marvel superpower type things. He's he. It's so funny because he like acknowledges it, uh, speaking in tongues being one of them and interpretation acknowledges up at the top. But he's like, this is like a bonus prize to like the real thing, which is simply being with God, like being yes. with the Holy Spirit in a moment. The greatest um, gift is still salvation. Right. You know, so even when we're talking about this, like I'm not in the levitation camp. I'm not in like any of that stuff, but I do believe that someone could be miraculously healed. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I would also say that like to experience the spirit of God in this way, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it brings about a stillness in your soul and a humility in your heart. Mm -hmm. And if it's anything but that, that it isn't the spirit, like even, so I just, it was the second week of the the spirit series. And, um, when I was just praying before the service and, um, I was like, it, it made me feel like my heart was being so fast the whole time. Like just that day, because I was just like, Whoa, then there's gotta be like, something's happening here with just people. And, um, it's like a really humbling thing. And so that's why like, I don't like the big demonstrative stuff with it. I don't, it's why it gets so odd and it hurts people. So like if the spirit of God's really moving, it should bring such a sweet humility and stillness in our souls that is so good for us and the people around us that they're just like, there's this loving humility towards Christ in the midst of it. If that's not the end result, then it's not the spirit of God. Yeah. And it just seems like the language of Jesus when he talks about the kingdom, like just go through the gospel and like yeah. do a word search on the kingdom of God is like, and it's always small. It's always subtle yeah. and small and like, and f- fierce uh, and mighty, but like a mustard seed, you know, like it, it's, oh, it's so rarely like Pentecost was one of the, and I think that was why it was worth recording um, and got more, you know, maybe ink spilled on it. Um, but it's so rare that it's like these big dramatic sweeping Thing. Sometimes it does happen just like Pentecost yeah, happened or just yeah. like the resurrection happened. But even the resurrection, it was just like, okay, I'm going to like talk to Mary and then she's <laughs> going to go tell the guys. And then like, I'm going to show up to them, but only to them. I'm not going to like show up at the Agora as like my resurrected body yeah. or whatever. Um, it, it's such a, it's always like, there's a subtleness to it that mm-hmm. I think some of the bigger sort of, you know, not to keep putting Bethel on blast, but like these big, yeah. very visible things um, sort of make me question, you know, I would question Agreed. those things. Yeah, I, I totally agree because it, it defeats the purpose of like what it's supposed to mean. Even like in scripture, when people spoke in tongues, let's mm-hmm. say publicly, mm-hmm. people like massive amounts of unbelievers became believers. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's some tie-ins to some of the stuff that like if something happens publicly, mm-hmm. then like people should come to know Jesus. And if yeah. it's not, then I would say that you have to really question whether or not this is the spirit of God even remotely moving. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, it's interesting that even in our Western culture, so back in 1901, there's this guy by the name of Charles Parham. I think that's right. Um, in Topeka, Kansas, there's this big kind of move of speaking in tongues and in, in, in Christian culture, it had been like not a thing here in America. Mm -hmm. And so it had been like really quiet around this front and uh, this guy named William Seymour, who was a black man, um, was uh, there listening to him and felt overcome by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back to L.A. and starts preaching. And they're in this like small house, like house. Yeah. And all these like things start happening with him and this woman who eventually becomes his wife. And um, th- like some crazy, just like crazy things like miraculous healings, like all this stuff. What ends up happening is they're able to get this building on Azusa street mm-hmm. and you can read all about this. Like, oh, yeah. but it's so that word. Yeah. yeah. So in 1906, um, in the Azusa, it's called the Azusa street revival. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening, uh, is it 06 or 08? Um, but for three years, for three years, basically what was happening is they were having church every night for three years mm-hmm. And there was this move that caused the whole entire like Pentecostal movement in like in America Mm -hmm. um, of the spirit of God. 
and like thousands of people coming to know Christ, unbelievable healings. Like it created this huge movement like throughout the entire country. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting though, in the midst of that is, is also like the height, one of the high points of you know segregation in our country was yeah. in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And so um, what happened was uh, Parham comes out there to Sousa Street is so mad because Seymour has like white, brown, black people like mm-hmm. like worshiping mm-hmm. together, singing together, praying together, healings happening, all this stuff, right? He's so mad that there's interracial stuff happening because he believed, um, I think it was that he believed like the intermixing of races back in Genesis would like cause like this fall, yeah. whatever. So, um, so he starts a rival revival. <laughs> like this is what I'm saying. Like this is why it's, this stuff gets so insane so quickly. Yeah. Starts this rival revival, like literally across the street, mm-hmm. and um, was like it's supposed to be for whites only kind of thing. Wow. And then, so my point is, like, they ended up overcoming it. That didn't like work and whatever. But my point is, is like when we try and make it about the big thing, or we try and make it about our own thing, we quench the spirit, mm-hmm. and like, and then we move in a direction of actually an evil spirit, mm-hmm. you know, working in that. And so that's what I mean by all this stuff of. Yeah, pray for miracles and pray. Just be open-handed with like the spirit of God moving in our lives. Um, but man, we it should be done with just such utter humility mm-hmm. and a quietness and a stillness about us that um, that's when we actually begin to see the spirit move. However, one the spirit wants to move. Mm, that's good. That's good. Um, what is the? I think we'll probably close with this because we've been talking for a bit. What's the like, craziest thing you've ever? experience <laughs> if you don't if you want to share again we've never this is not uh, a this is not a rehearsed thing we're yeah. just talking so i grew up in a lot of the re- like tent revival times is what they were called they weren't actually intense but they were inside yeah. <laughs> but um they were intense though at one point, <laughs> am i right <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, so um I, we've seen a lot yeah I, or I should say i've seen a lot so um i mean i've seen people in wheelchairs get up and start running around yeah um and I I mean one woman in particular in our church like that was real like I never seen her walk and she started running around yeah. like the the um, church um, this guy by the name of Benny Hinn who has since repented of a lot of his stuff and uh, Be- the best meme generator oh gosh oh, yeah man, this man if, was a gift if you guys want to see like a funny meme uh, just search when the bodies hit the floor Benny Hinn <laughs> it is it's I mean it, good. I've seen it a hundred times it <laughs> makes pretty, me laugh every it's time pretty good. um. But Benny Hinn came, and um, so there's this thing called being slain in the spirit, which I actually don't believe is biblical. Wait, uh, so you saw Benny Hinn? He came to our church. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you saw Zeppelin. <laughs> so <laughs> he came, um, and it was before he was, like, a really big deal. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so he was, like, like, on his on, like, way up. He was on, like, the club circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was on his way up. He bar, had, like, the barroom Beatles. It's like when, you know, like, an artist gets, like, their first hit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you got to see him on his opening. It was, like, when <laughs> yeah. Fall Out Boy stayed at my house for two days before they were a big deal. So um, <laughs> he comes in, church is packed, whatever. And so I just think of being slain in the spirit, or some people might call it falling out, which okay. means the spirit moves in this way and you can't even stand it like wipes you out mm. could that possibly happen i mean again i would leave room for anything with the spirit i like always that. say so, god can do anything yes. my concern is what does he do correct yeah, yes so i just there, there's no biblical like you can't point to chapter and verse that like really talks about this in the way that we see it yeah. like in this. so anyway he comes in and he's up on stage, and um, so he calls everyone, you know, several hundred people, calls everyone to the front, right? And so you couldn't, like, me and my cousin are there, and you couldn't, you could not go up, like, because we would have been, like, the only two people, like, ever since. So we just, yeah. like, kind of stay in the back, whatever. And um, so he gets up, and he goes, I feel the Spirit coming on me. I don't remember the exact words, yeah. but, like, I feel the Spirit coming on me. And he, like, raises his arm, and he does, like, this machine gun noise and starts <laughs> shooting people. With the spirit. With the spirit. Spirit bullets. <laughs> spirit bullets. I love that. <laughs> so he's going through the altar, just kind of swinging his arm, like, yeah. like doing this, right? Yeah. And people just start like falling out all over the place and um, falling on top of each other and shaking. And mm-hmm. um, and so me and my cousin slowly just kind of sit because we just didn't want to like, you know, be involved in that. Right. <laughs> and so we just kind of like faked like something happened again. But um, like that happened. There was another time where my cousin, uh, they tried to make him be like to go over and he just kind of kept standing there <laughs> and wouldn't do it. So they were kept like pushing on his head to make okay. him like fall over. So 
We've seen some weird stuff. We never got into snakes. Um, we never got into ne- snakes. <laughs> I want that to be the name of the... Uh, that My next band is going to be called Never Got Into Snakes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, but there was, some, there was some weird stuff, whether, you know... People shouting and uh, there's the laughing in the spirit people that that one probably weirds me out the most. Honestly, when people just like laugh. Yep. It's the weirdest thing. Like I've I've been in there. We had a grouping of people like during one of those revivals that started doing that. They were and um, it's that's like that is up there on top five weird things to be around. You just hear people randomly laughing for no reason. Yeah, that's weird. That feels demonic. It, it, they're, like listen, maniacal laughing is creepy. <laughs> listen, at the end of the day, if you told me that like part of it was actually demonic, yeah, I'd have been like, I don't believe that. Yeah, like just seeing it and like there's just some. It's kind of a miracle. I'm not overly tra- traumatized. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's definitely that's all. That's your three ability <laughs> to just like push through things. Because yeah. <laughs> like le- legitimately, I've only been in. Now they were pretty extreme. It was like low country South Carolina, my third cousin's church, you know, li- yeah. like little wooden church in the in the back. And I I feel like I did block a lot of it out. I yeah. definitely remember being terrified. Yeah. I remember the pastor, I guess, or speaker, whatever he was, was really angry about Catholics having They're always skulls. angry about Catholics. So it was something about like the in Italy there's like the what do you call it? the the um catacombs or whatever and there's like the skulls yeah. of saints or, or the yeah. bones of saints and like he was really mad about that i remember him yelling about that I, there, there was other stuff that happened i legitimately don't remember cuz i blocked it out i was like 7 or 8 yeah um when i was a teenager i visited a church that was like really charismatic um in in my hometown and it was kind of just a like curiosity thing like i heard their worship's good and like, you know, I go to this like great Methodist church, but just is not, you know, yeah. super into that stuff. And um, so we went and uh, they were dancing in a circle and they said they were singing something about the river. And so it was the river and they were like dan- dancing in a circle. It was like a circle pit. Um, and they're like just people were running around in a circle like adults and like old people and stuff are like yeah. running in a circle um, and, uh, they tried to like get me to come do it too. Cause I was standing there with my arms crossed. Like, this is weird. I don't like yeah. this. And this lady, um, comes up to me and she goes, come on, come into the river. And I was just like, nah, I'm straight. <laughs> and then this like girl, pretty girl, like my age, like skipped by and she goes, she's in the river. And I was like, nope, uh, this is not okay. And, uh, I left. Um, immediately. And that was, those are like my two, you know, sort of, which those are probably unfair. Like I've never been around healthy cares. Yeah. Well, and there are healthy people with it. Just the level of like weirdness that can happen is that's why I'm like, Hey, if there's something that happens, like I would say always pray for a miracle because why wouldn't you want that? Right. You know, but in the other kind of acts of the spirit or whatever, there's like a level of humility Seek it out calmly. Yeah. Um, like, ask people about it. Don't be the person that's just like popping off about it because it, it'll get weird. Yeah, and I, you know, again, just for my own, you know, we counsel people. I'm very interested in, you know, I'm like a like a uh, armchair quarterback psychologist. You know, yeah. uh, and you know, there is something to be said for. And I wanted to bring this up during our our thing on on the devil and and all of that stuff is like when somebody has really intense pathology, you know, schizophrenia or like untreated trauma or like really like their when their neuro pathways are really damaged, mm-hmm. there's something about um, the spirit world that they are attuned to, um, both in good and bad ways. So like I can't tell you how many times you talk to someone who has like really intense like psychological issues who are obsessed with revelation like i i gave somebody you know just like good-heartedly was like oh yeah here's a bible like welcome or or whatever and like had a really unhealthy conversation with them later because they just turned directly to revelation (laughs) and were just like talking to me about the dragons and and it's the same thing with this good and bad like people it's a whole nother 45 minutes but like this idea of archetypes like the devil and and you know all of this stuff People who are not in a good place neurologically um, tend to gravitate toward that stuff. So it would be very easy for somebody who has sort of like undiagnosed pathology in a group setting to be like, I got a word from God. And like, if everyone's on board, things go so south so fast because it's basically like the inmates are now running the asylum kind of thing, which is not a nice thing to say. But like. 
Um, and it's the same thing with like, I can, you know, people who again have very intense, um, you know, diagnosable pathologies, like want to talk to me about the devil a lot and yeah. like the, what the devil's telling them and all of this other stuff. So there's, there's something about the spiritual, the language of the spiritual realm. And, you know, there's something to be said for like, the Bible does tell us that like, you know, certain things are revealed to, you know, what it calls, you know, what the world would call a fool or like certain sure. things are revealed to people whose brains work differently. Right. Yeah. Um, but like it is good to keep in mind that people who have diagnosable pathologies tend to cling on to these kind of like spiritual concepts in an unhealthy way yeah. sometimes. And so like to be sober, you know, like uh, Paul says to, to remain sober yeah, minded absolutely. or no, it's in Peter, I'm sorry, to remain sober minded and, and look out for the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion. Right. Um, sober mindedness can mean not drinking and it can also mean rationality. Mm-hmm. It can also just mean being um, aware of mental unhealth or emotional yeah. unhealth. And, um, so I think, you know, that's kind of, I kind of wanted to bring that up during the last series too, of, of just being aware of that stuff, not to jump quickly to like, oh, anybody who's ever spoken in tongues or says they believe in healings must have a neurological issue. Yeah. No, of course not. Um, but I would also say too, that um, the stuff we're talking about today is rare. Yeah. In the scheme of the spirit working, we're talking about way less than 1% of the, time of things yeah do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. even like with like a miraculous healing it's just it's rare yeah it's beyond rare even like <clears throat> this the stuff around speaking in tongues whatever like it's it's actually like on the rare side of things the rare for people so um there's all these other gifts of the spirit you know listed mm-hmm. in first corinthians 14 first corinthians 12 and, and in romans as well but like you know there's all these other gifts that they have that are actually insanely practical mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, um, like administration. And, yeah. yeah. And so, um, that's actually the primary giftings that people have in the way the spirit works. Some of these things that we just talked about today, we just wanted to like have a discussion yeah. because it is the rare piece. Like it's, so I want to make sure that people frame it in that way of like, it's not necessarily quote unquote normative or daily or anything like th- those are in the more the rare circle of things. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, makes good TV that's to right. talk about. So that's, this is a podcast after all. Um, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us um, on uh, to kind of wrap up our conversation about the spirit for now. If you have questions, quips, quotes, comments, or concerns, if you have suggestions for um, things that you would like to hear us talk about as we go into the Advent and Christmas season, um, or questions uh, spinning off of this episode or past episodes, please email them to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. You can also DM us on Instagram um, and let us know what your thoughts and feelings are. Um, But as always, until next time, remember to stay curious. curious.